Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Footballing Pods. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Sean Shute and uh, Sean Shute only. I probably shouldn't have said joined as always then with your record <laughs> this season. But... Oh, I mean, look who's here now. <laughs> who's here now? Oh, what can we say? Um, the matchup we will be tackling today is 2018's Black Panther versus 2013's The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Um this is usually where I ask how everyone's doing today, but seeing, seeing as everyone isn't here, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing well, doing well. Still riding, riding the high of of Tuesday, um, uh, and yeah, hopefully continue riding that for the rest of the rest of these two weeks. Well, I've spoke to uh, Jack and Keenan. Jack hasn't watched all of Black Panther. Keenan, I don't believe, has seen either of them. So. Uh, you do have to suggest it wasn't a last-minute thing today as to them not being able exactly, to pod. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I would Keenan, say, even when I'm not on the pod, I make sure I watch the films, but these two, these two clearly don't. Well, Keenan did offer to do the pod despite not having seen the films, which I politely declined. <laughs> not sure how that would have gone. That would have been quite good, though. Well, until we come to the votes, that would have been interesting. <laughs> um, we'll start with Black Panther. So the synopsis. T'Challa, heir to the hidden but advanced kingdom of Wakanda, must step forward to lead his people into a new future and must confront a challenger from his country's past. Had you seen this before, Black Panther? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah I have. just checking. Um, so you've seen Black Panther before. Um, I've got the critics' reviews here. What are you expecting? I think they're all really... I'm pretty sure they're all good. Well, obviously, they're not all going to be good, but I think the majority are going to be good. Yeah, um, I will take you through them now. Um, I tried to get some uh, mostly from back when the film came out because in, in, in the most respectful way possible... Now that uh, Chadwick Boseman has passed, you, you get a lot less objective kind of commentary surrounding the film. Like yeah, on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, this is listed as the best adventure film of all time. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if it goes that way in the bracket. But I, I just took the reviews from a, a bit closer to the time. So believe the hype. This is a superhero flick unlike any we've ever seen crafted by the unstoppable Ryan Coogler. Black Panther is one of the best steps forward for the MCU in many ways. In story, characters, cinematography, its combination of score and music, basically its whole package, it is one of the strongest and most inspiring films in the entire franchise. Bozeman has such charisma, charm, depth and grace. It's easy to believe him as a king as it is to see him do insane acrobatics as a superhero. Black Panther is one of Marvel's best movies to date and Ryan Coogler has delivered something which is going to have a lasting impact not only on comic book fans but an entire generation. Wakanda forever. <laughs> Finally, 
Already a visionary director, Kugler has outdone himself with a film that fits into the larger Marvel universe while retaining a sense of confidence and identity all its own. Um, I thought a good place to start with this um, was kind of the hype that was around before this came out, particularly in America. Um, and I, I was certainly still listening to Brilliant Idiots then. I, <laughs> I was just I thinking... I was just thinking that before you brought up. I can't say I'd do it anymore, but I do uh, listen to The Breakfast Club on occasion and things like that. And there must be more of a thing in America because for those that don't know, uh, we are both white. And (laughs) the, the biggest thing that they kept saying on all of these shows was white people have been dressing up to go to the cinema for years. And this was kind of, uh, the other way around, this was a chance for uh, black people to express themselves going to the cinema. This was something that uh, could be identified with. Have you ever, or have you ever had a desire to dress up to go to the cinema? No, not, not myself, no. That has, uh, you have kind of thrown me there. I'm chuckling at the thought of that. There's someone that's been listening to this podcast the whole time that has picked us in our minds <laughs> as, as anything. But can you hear me? Yeah, you could get a bit muffled. It's like you got underwater a bit. Oh, right. I think I might have been leaning on the headphone. Um, but, but yeah, I chuckled at the idea of um, someone who's been listening to this podcast for the whole time we've been doing it, but picture this as not white, essentially, or not who we are. I mean, there would have been a lot less tiptoeing around Bad Boys, Django, um, and several <laughs> other films if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, probably. So hopefully uh, that did come across. Um yeah, I have seen I have seen people dress up to go to the cinema. I don't know if you have seen it. I've referenced on here before. Yeah, I've seen it. When I went to watch Dark Knight Rises at five o'clock in the morning, the showing was at, and there was guys dressed with bin liners on their back, and there were guys dressed in full Bane suits. That must stop feeling like a good idea before the trailers even started. Like if I wear jeans to the cinema now. I would consider that like to be uncomfortable. Yeah, but then there's you know, there's that thing about going out. Would you would you go out just in jogging bottoms or short? I, mean, I don't know. Depends well, if you're doing something. Depends if you're doing something else, doesn't it? I guess afterwards. Yeah, this was more the kind of the, the the larger picture in that I would be uncomfortable for for a film like this, for a film that are the type that people would usually dress up for that you see. Yeah, they're like. Two and a half hour films, like minimum. Like that's a long time to be sat in a cape and a mask. But, yeah, I also thought, I think I understand it more if it was like um like an open air cinema or open air like event. And yeah, you yeah. Go there and because then you actually see see everyone as well. I suppose it's just all right. You might see each other a bit in the lobby, but then once you're in, it's like pitch black. You're watching a film. Like, yeah. Is this is this like that discussion you see where? Uh, a bloke comments on like a girl's makeup on Twitter and they're like, well, I don't wear it for anyone else to look at. I wear it for me. And uh, maybe these people in the cinema, they're wearing it for them. They, they're wearing their <laughs> cape. They're not wearing it for you to have a look at. True. True. But there certainly were. Like, some of the scenes you were seeing uh, in cinemas were very cool in the build-up for this. It, I, think, I, I don't know if you've listened uh to, to last week's podcast, I know you weren't on there, but 
we were talking briefly about the fact that you don't really get very many films that feel like blockbusters anymore. And this did actually have that appeal just because of the hype surrounding it. Yeah. It's only Marvel, isn't it, really? Yeah, like Infinity War and Endgame are the two from memory. Like, pretty sure you came as well when we watched uh, Batman vs Superman at Midnight, but that still didn't have a big film feel to me. It yeah. just was like, we're watching this late at night and couldn't have been a much more of a boring film. Yeah. But the, the point yeah, is just basically, you don't get very many blockbusters in the way there was the hype around this. It certainly did have that. In terms of trivia, um, so in response to being asked what it felt like being one of the only few non-black actors on set and sometimes the only one, Martin Freeman said, you think, right, this is what black actors feel like all the time. Uh, Freeman and Andy Serkis were known as the Tolkien white guys on set since they'd also starred together in the Hobbit films. Sheesh. The Lord of the Rings author is J.R.R. Tolkien, if uh, that wasn't adding up. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 of course. The Tolkien white guys. It's, it, it looks better written down. Um, <laughs> the Black Panther Party was created in July of 1966, two months before... Sorry, the Black Panther was created in July 1966, two months before the founding of the Black Panther Party. Many people mistakenly assume the name referred to the party, so the character was re- was renamed the Black Leopard. However, neither the readers or the creators cared for the title, so it didn't last long. Um, if you look back, and this is one of those where you only see it if you're kind of looking for it for the reference, um, the Black Leopard name gets a nod in uh, T'Challa's uh, battle paint at his inauguration fight, as he does have uh, some leopard prints on. A bit of trivia, that. Black Panther is the first movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to have its opening weekend domestic box office surpass its production cost. It costs $200 million to make, and its Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday opening weekend domestic box office was $202 million. Ryan Coogler describes Zuri as the Wakandan Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I like that. I, I like the thought of that being a reference on set. Um, yeah, same. Michael B. Jordan actually initially auditioned for the role of Sam Wilson, the Falcon, back in 2013 before being cast in this film three years later. Mm. Interesting what if that. Yeah. And to get the uh, scarification off the makeup of the, the kills on his chest, Michael B. Jordan had to sit in a sauna for two hours. <sighs> have you, I assume you've been in one before, but have, have you been in a sauna for a prolonged period of time before? <laughs> no, because I can never stay in there. For no, that I think like if I'm in for like 10 minutes, I'm starting to think like this, <laughs> this isn't pleasant. Yeah, I think that's probably the most, most I've been in there. Uh, and again, I, I do feel like like no one enjoys this. It's something that people go in, and then I can understand going in for like a couple of minutes. I, I get the benefit of it, but people who just stay in for a long time, it's just to just to say like, look at me, look how long I've stayed in here. It's it's very briefly um, nice if you have like a cold bottle of water or something uh, in there with you. Um, I mean, I'll do this on the pod now. Keenan's just asked if you want him to join. Do you, do you want do you want him on the podcast? Yeah, get him on. I'll I was going to say. I was going to say as well though. Um, what do you? Which would you pick 
if you had to pick one, is it the, the steam room or the sauna? Steam room for me. Prefer the steam room? Yeah, I think it's just more tolerable. But like it gets in your gets in your like sinuses though in the steam room. Like you can I taste mean, the don't, medicine. I, I don't particularly like either of them. Um, <laughs> back in the days when uh, I did attend a gym, so uh, I do have experience here. But the one uh, in in the Chase Hotel was uh, almost like uh, like the width across. You know, like going up a cathedral staircase where like it is wide enough for you to get through, but you still feel kind of enclosed. Yeah, it was kind of like that. Like it was almost like an L shape. But yeah. In addition to it being quite obviously hot and steamy in there, it was also quite claustrophobic, even for someone that doesn't suffer with claustrophobia. Um, uh, No Clark was turned down by Marvel for the role of Black Panther and writing the film. How different things could have gone there? That would have been a, that would have been a, bad, a rare bad PR look for Marvel in terms of what we now know about Noel Clark. I know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bad look for you after your pick. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't say we had much of a conversation. and I, I wouldn't say he was a dick in person, but he wasn't... Uh, like chirpy <laughs> uh I, I don't really like resent him for that because it probably would be annoying in I th- well we've seen this before when when i asked him for the picture and uh, there was some other guy walking past who asked to take the picture who instead took a video on my phone that even <laughs> then wasn't really of us and then <laughs> i had the nerve to say it actually didn't take do you mind uh, do you mind me getting another one I'm surprised you did that. So I can't I, imagine I, I, you I am doing also, that. Um, and it was, it, it was at a, it was at a WWE thing. I went with Steve Brown, the Statman Steve. Um, Is that when he had a broken leg? Yeah. So he, he, I think he dislocated his knee about two days before we were due to go. Uh, he phoned them up, expecting them to come and say, "Look, nothing we can do." And instead, they they moved us to these class seats on like a platform. Um, above the ring in the uh, kind of accessibility centre, so I was essentially his carer. Um, wasn't good though that he lost his phone, and I had to look around the place for it because he claimed he couldn't walk. Which was when I bumped into Thingy. Uh, so uh, no clock. He's so keen in um, joining. He said he was, um, but he's obviously not joined. Is he just cooked? Who knows? Um, my Skype does a bit of a weird thing. That's a weird thing to be sharing kind of in the middle of the pod. But my Skype does a weird thing now where even if kind of the person's not on the call, I just get a list of the people in the chat so I can't kind of press the little phone button next to their name. So if you can click on it and you see that, just press the little phone next to his name and uh, it should give him another ping. Um, on the chat or? So if you, if you click kind of the chat name, and then there should be the three participants, and if you there should be a little phone next to his oh, name. Oh yes, yeah. Your phone yeah. does the same thing. Mine does. Doing it now. All right, we'll see. We'll see if he joins. Because I mean, he must be keen to jump on by the fact that he uh, messaged me to uh, want to jump on despite not having seen the film. Probably not the best time for him to jump in, but I do have seen by scene is the next thing, and I thought for the two films, if we kind of narrowed it down to maybe four of the most standout scenes for us rather than kind of go through the entire film 
Yeah. Um, so the opening scene I thought was worth mentioning. When we do the judging, I think it's important to notice that me calling this the, the opening scene now isn't really the opening scene. The opening scene is kind of the birth of the Black Panther and explaining Wakanda and all of that. But kind of the first outward scene we have, uh, Keenan. Is he in? He's in, but he's muted. Sorry. All right, uh, Sean. So uh, yeah, the op- the opening scene um, that that we see in terms of kind of any action happening, introducing us to characters, is 1992, I believe they say, it is um, T'Chaka, who we know to be uh, T'Challa's dad, visits Njobu to interrogate him uh, for the stealing of the vibranium with uh, Ulysses Kane, who we later see as uh, being the bad guy. His partner, who he thinks is in on the job, reveals himself to be Wakandan too. And uh, kind of off screen, we know that the king then kills his brother. The first thing that actually stood out about this to me, and this isn't individual in terms of uh, this film, you get it a lot in kind of sci-fi films, is when he's saying, look, this vibranium was stolen, he has almost like a little hologram montage on his wrist ready to pull up and you get this a lot like in star wars when they want to show padme like that this has happened uh, sorry when he shows obi-wan he's got like a highlight reel of anakin killing the younglings and you usually get this little montage of the the villain's face pops up and then you've got a little something being stolen as if they've got some tech guy putting together a highlights package just to make their point in the film <laughs> so yeah. it's just it a probably... cool way isn't it to introduce the characters it is yeah it, it but it did obviously i've seen it before but yeah it free me watching it this time because i now know the the, the brother who obviously he um kills is yeah. the main character in uh a show called this is us which i'm watching on okay amazon uh yeah i know which is, to watch it on a monday <laughs> yeah yeah that's right yeah so uh and yeah and he's re- in that he's a really like straight guy like accountant businessman like book book kind of guy um so yeah it was it, was, it just threw me initially watching him because obviously he's completely different to that type in yeah in this one but uh yeah it is it is a really cool uh way to to bring it in and then to do like i even liked like the basketball reference as well with the kids playing when like the guy said he was hardaway yeah um when he's pretending he's hardaway so yeah it is it was really good even just, it's always cool when you see the kind of, uh, betrayal's the wrong word, but kind of the reveal where the villain is revealed to the, the guy they think was their partner all along. is someone on like an inside job. And the way he kind of turns away, the whole scene really, they say, that what does he say? There's some uh, chicks with spears at the door and it's like, let them in. Like it's a completely like, normal scenario to be happening. Um <laughs> And we go from there. So the next kind of standout scene I had down, and you can let me know if there's one that you would have put in before this, is we have the kind of fanfare. We we know this takes place. This takes place a week after the events of uh, Captain America uh, versus Iron Man, um, where we see his dad get killed in the uh, meeting. And so from there, the mum and sister don't seem too gutted they're essentially like look this is your time now get things moving 
and we have Mbaku challenging T'Challa for the throne. Yeah. It introduces you to all the different um, families that are part of uh, Wakanda, all nicely perched on the different stones kind of around the waterfall. They show you uh, kind of what kind of character Shuri is, where she gives the middle finger to uh, T'Challa as she's walking away. She kind of pipes up saying she's going to contend to be the new Black Panther which is somewhat of a foreshadowing because we know now with um, Chadwick Boseman passing away, it looks like she's going to be the new Black Panther. Oh, is she really? Yeah. yeah that did actually happen in the comics as well. So oh, it works, wow. it works uh, well in that aspect because they do have kind of a character that, that people do love there. Yeah. yeah. But just seeing kind of fight scene for the first time, uh, Ryan Coogler does it really well. I always say things are cooler when they're set in the rain. Being set on a waterfall does add a nice little touch here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think any, because I can't think of one specific film, but any film where it has this kind of thing where you've got like different families and setting up a battle and, and things like that, they're always going to hit. Um, and yeah, like I said, the, the rain does have another element and I think the what's the name of the, the guy fights again? Mbaku. Um, Mbaku, yeah. He's kind uh, of perfect, isn't he? Because they, they use him rock, yeah. in to show just how strong T'Challa is that he can tackle someone that's like twice his size but they also don't do it where you've seen a lot of films when they kind of tackle a bigger person where they perhaps use the size to their advantage they make them look kind of clumsy and they don't do that, which helps then later in the film when you want to use this guy as being like a powerful ally. You haven't yeah. diminished him in any way before. All you've done is kind of boost the challenge. You've not taken anything away from Mbaku. Yeah, for sure. Weird way to do it in the fact that he has him in kind of like a triangle choke, but leaning over the edge of the waterfall himself. There's got to have been a better way to do this. I know he's saying to yield. He's putting himself in just as much danger by the fact that he's yeah. hanging over the edge. Again, when I was watching it, part of me still thought, is he going to get pushed off here? I was thinking he was going to get kicked you're, off. Stop. You're, you're not alone there. And in the other scene that we'll get to, they say that Ryan Coogler does a, a great job in creating tension, despite the fact that you obviously know the character survives. One, for the fact you're 20 minutes into the film. You know the Black Panther isn't about to be iced. <laughs> But still, it does create a certain amount of tension as to he may not win this battle. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of my favourite scenes in the film, and Killmonger is a great character, I think we could probably agree on that now. When him and uh, Ulysses steal from the museum, he's getting kind of the uh, tour around, isn't he, by the snooty uh, museum uh staff member I guess yeah asking for the different ways and you can tell that he's kind of teeing her up and then when he says he, he doubts her she says it's not for sale and he says how do you think your ancestors got those which is a perfectly viable <laughs> perfectly viable question in terms of uh, <laughs> how museums around the world do have all of these things but just yeah. the way he says it Michael B. Jordan is it, it, just coolness personified in this film yeah, yeah, I really like that's one of my favourite uh, scenes, like the introduction in the museum. Um, and then there's, there's a quote obviously that says it goes on to it, but 
But yeah, yeah, I do really like that scene. Are you there, Keenan, or are you still uh, um Is he just, is he just wanting to listen to the pod live? <laughs> I feel like this is what he's doing. We did actually have Jack doing that with uh, me and Keenan last week. Um, he'd like bought a ticket to the show and then just kind of jumped in later. Um, <laughs> I thought with Killmonger, and we could discuss this now, in terms of other villains, particularly in Marvel and other superhero films, he's not trying to destroy the world. He's not trying to kind of wipe out entire like civilizations for for no apparent reason at, at the at the real feet of it he wants his people to be empowered where you've got wakanda that's essentially keeping all this power for themselves and he's saying you've got our people out there that you can be helping and i know it gradually kind of escalates throughout the film but at the root of his uh, desires they aren't actually bad at heart are they no, no, it's just Avengers. First, he wants the Avengers, Avengers down, and then he wants to share the. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he he still essentially wants to kill like lots of people. And, yeah, I, I was trying to mention at the root of it, like yeah, yeah. Obviously, it goes up a notch as he gets more bitter and yeah, uh, powerful. Um, always in films when they kind of reference. Uh, the person not knowing what's in their drink and he says something in there doesn't he say so you pay all this attention to this that but not what you're putting into your body yeah she goes down coughing oldest trick in the book watch what's watch what's being put in your coffee and uh off you go we get ulysses showing himself to be the villain that he is where he tells the worker that he can uh run away and shoots him in the back of the head saying so they look like amateurs it's just a it's just a cool scene. Yeah. Yeah, very good scene. Um another one, so you had kind of James Bond style in this where Shuri shows uh, T'Challa her gadgets. She shows the sneakers as she calls them, shows in the new costume where it can absorb the power and uh, kind of expel it back out the other side. Just very much your standard spy type scene i don't think they've tried to make it any different if anything it's maybe like just paying their dues and kind of acknowledging that kind of thing that you do have there yeah 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 i think i think that's the intention for sure my favorite scene in the film was the the, the one i had next uh, killmonger challenges for the throne he barrels his way in he's got the body of uh, ulysses there he says uh say my name T'Challa refuses to say it because uh, he knows who he is and then he uh, takes him down while they have the fight ending in him yelling is this your king which is <laughs> the best line of the film I can tell you now that's uh, my pick for the quote uh, of this film it's what I think of when I think of Black Panther is, is that scene in particular <laughs> yeah it is a great it is a great line Everything about delivered it, as well. Yeah. Him um taking a shirt off to show all of the kills across his chest. Um he says uh, before they enter the fight and he says it takes weeks to set up uh, a contest and he says, I don't need the world to see it, I just need me, you and someone to take these chains off me. And the fact that he does just put him in a John Cena kind of FU position and just dash him off the edge of a cliff. 
Was there? Is there? I feel like I remember. I feel like you might have said this before yourself. Isn't there some kind of trivia about the the battle or fight? It's not me that's told you if you do, because I looked no, through a lot not. of trivia and <laughs> I've given yeah, you right. the trivia that I did have down. Keenan, you're with Maybe us. Not, um, I am. Stephen, how are we? Not bad. Um, I mean, how I didn't want to smile, ruin the secrets. Before you joined, I did point out that you hadn't watched the films this week, as far as I'm aware. Um, uh, I've watched, I've seen Black Panther. That's what films, my next question it? was going to be. You, oh, you're quite quiet. Okay. I don't know if uh, your mic's in the right place or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Any clearer? I mean, you just sound a bit quiet. That's uh, that's all it is. Um, but yeah, you, you have seen Black Panther at least, so that is some uh, some relief for us. It just so means that it. yeah, it just means you won't be able to do the voting, I guess, because. Uh, uh, I mean, I could probably disappear for the one with me, but voting won't leave you in the lurch. Oh well, it's fine. Um, but any thoughts on that scene in particular? Killmonger uh, having his uh, wicked way. Unbelievable! Really, really good. <laughs> Um, not to spoil the ending, but I'm annoyed they uh, I'm annoyed that they off him. That. I'm annoyed they off him. Yeah, that uh, yeah. I know it's the like done to show T'Challa is is the be all and end all that is the king, but it's annoying they off him because I think you could just I'd like almost like Spider Man the Green Goblin or the Batman and Joker. Yeah, yeah. Have, obviously not now. Chadwick Boseman rest in peace. But if you have those two guys as well and those two characters. You told me they were making another film where those two fight each other again. Best believe I'm watching it. Yeah, that, that's my main issue with the film is that we lose Killmonger. And mm. actually, a bit of trivia I did have, not not related to that, is um, so there's the line from Killmonger, and he says, uh, T'Challa says, We can still heal you, uh, skipping ahead to the end after they've had their fights. And apparently, they wrote in this line of dialogue that I'm about to give you thinking that it was going to be rejected by uh, the studio heads and all those involved in the film. And instead, they actually kind of crafted it to move around, add some additional lines into the film to make this more of a theme throughout. So Killmonger replies, why, so you can lock me up? Just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped from ships because they knew death was better than bondage. The way he delivers it is unbelievable. Um, And they do kind of put that theme then throughout the film where he very much wants his people to prosper, I guess, is the entire point of the film. He's not, like, as a villain, he's not the worst villain in the world, is he? I mean, what he no, I comes, think... What he comes back for, I'm sorry, I'm going to... I was going to say, I think it's just before you joined, I said to Sean, like, at the root of it, his motivations are quite pure. It just takes on a dark turn when... You, you add revenge into that and you add power yeah. into that as well. I suppose this ends justify, uh, means justifying the end, isn't it, really? Because when all he's really looking through is to reclaim his place within that, that structure. Well, and to be fair, he gets to the point where he does want to wipe out all kind of other civilizations well, that oppose... Originally, absolute power. Yeah, yeah. It. I've kind of taken on what Sean replied to me and you've taken on what I... Uh, said to Sean there so we've kind of got the point between us that big battle they have at the end is great even if it doesn't end the way uh, perhaps we wanted it to Um, one of the main things I actually wrote down here is that Black Panther probably has the joint coolest costume in the Marvel Universe Um, 
I used to have a, a pack of top Trumps cards of uh, Marvel ones, and this is how I know some of the guys that even aren't in the films. And the two costumes that always stood out were Black Panther and Silver Surfer. They were the two that uh, kind of stood out above the rest. And the way they do the Black Panther costume in this, I don't think they could have nailed it any better. Yeah, it's quite, it's just, well, it's just so sleek looking up. That's what I mean. It's like, it's, it doesn't look stupid. Like, it's not looking like you're trying to make it too uh, catty. Uh, it's more of like a Spider-Man costume, isn't it? Where it's like, I'm acknowledging the fact that the spider is at the root of this, but I'm also not adding eight legs onto the costume and yeah. running around like this. Like, they, they do make it a very cool costume in this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the mask in particular is great as well. I, I remember, and he, he did get a little stick for it uh, Abamyang pulling it out um, in celebration during if during the Europa League games, in fairness. Um, but the pictures that came out of that were so cool just because of how big Black Panther was. Oh yeah, this was I, like a full-blown this was like a full-blown phenomenon, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I, did, I did break the news uh, to the listeners if they weren't aware that uh, we are all white doing this podcast. Um, I feel like they would definitely. Um, well, Sean did say he liked the idea of people not knowing. I said it probably would have made the likes of Django and Bad Boys an easier podcast to tiptoe around. But um, in these circumstances, uh, we did our best. I'm going to disconnect from you for another six seconds. Please. All right. Uh, we'll come back and see if I can make my audio any better. Yeah, that's fine. So we want to make sure people hear you. Of course. Um, I think it's one of these podcasts because I think I'm without Sean here as well. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> nice time, man. Keenan's just uh, going to get his audio sorted out so we we make sure we can hear him properly. We were just talking about uh, the kind of final battle scene. Well, first of all, we were saying how cool the outfits are. I don't know if you have any uh, thoughts, Sean. Yeah, I Sean, still... I, I heard, yeah, whilst I could yeah. speak, I, I heard what you're talking through. All right, there we go. Put in the conversation with uh, Black Panther and Silver Surfer. Do you mean like films in general? Or we no, no, just about... kind of how cool the outfits look, basically. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, especially from a superhero point of view, they probably are yeah. best ones. Yeah, I can't think of many, many others. Um, I'm trying to think of X Men then, but X Men's pretty bland. It's the same, yeah. isn't it? They're, to be fair, their kind of matching uniforms were quite cool in the earlier X Men ones. Um, yeah, when, yeah. Um, do you know? So Michael B. Jordan is the second person who to play the Human Torch in the MCU and be recast in a more successful manner. This seems like it is kind of the golden ticket to get you a solid role in the MCU because. The guy who did before it, um, Chris Evans, then goes on to be Captain America. Like, if, if you get cast well, as yeah, the Human cool. Torch, yeah. you're probably going to have a stinker of a film. But at the other side, you're going to get a good job out of it. Hey, I like the uh, the original first uh, Fantastic Four. I do. I that might just be my Jessica Alba bias when I look back. I mean, I haven't watched it in a while. I haven't watched it in a while, so I might need to rewatch yeah, it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think know it'd be rough. I know the most recent one was was very bad. The Michael B. Yeah. Jordan one is very bad, but 
I liked uh, Joel said the original. I like this. Yeah. I like the second one about the Silver Surfer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I like both of them. The the new one should have been good. I mean, we get Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan teaming up. Like Jamie, Jamie Bell, Kate Mara. Yeah. Some some cast. Yeah, you're right. Just didn't do it because I, I mean, if you were to look through my Twitter, which I, I hope nobody does, um, but I've been tweeting for years. Every time there's like a good Marvel film, saying like, please. It shouldn't be this difficult to do like a great Fantastic Four film because Doctor Doom is such a good villain that they should just be able to nail and yet they just can't. And so hopefully the next guy that comes in to be the Human Torch is someone that's able to nail it. They have announced that there is a new Fantastic Four film being made, but um, I don't know who's been attached to direct it. Um, I suppose, yeah, they haven't. I guess is that why they haven't? I suppose that would make sense to why they haven't done the kind of or incorporated them in because they've got. I know that the rights were kind of separated. Um, So I know the new one is on the way. I'm pretty sure there was someone legit um, that was on board to direct it. Um, It's John Watts who did. um, He did one of the Spider-Man films. And was it? Quick look. Because I know they announced it at the end of last year when they had that big convention where they announced like everything. Um, okay, so it's the same director that did Spider-Man Homecoming um, oh, yeah. and is doing Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. So he's done a great job with those, so you'd hope um, he can pull it off. Also directed three Fatboy Slim videos and the Swedish House Mafia Save the World video. So uh, quite the resume. What Fatboy Slim's video? What Fatboy Slim videos did he direct, sorry? Did Wonderful Night. Nice. That old pair of jeans and the Joker. Mm, nice. Um, okay, that's what I'm saying. That, that battle scene that you get uh, at the end of this film, when they're pulling out like metallic rhinos, like, Wakanda is not a place you mess with. It fair play to Thanos that he literally goes to the heart of Wakanda in Infinity War to take them on because any place with metal rhinos running about is a place <laughs> you, you, you don't want to go for a scrap no you're right T'Challa returning from the dead so to speak saying I didn't yield and uh, as far as I can tell I'm not dead should have probably come up with a better line there like this is you, you are literally returning from what he believes to be the dead you've had plenty of time to come up with something I'd have liked something a bit cooler agreed or even a, a superhero kind of jump into the scene rather than kind of uh, run from a distance and let him send an army after you first. Um, in terms of the film overall, how do you kind of compare it? Where do you rank it among your favourite Marvel films, Sean? I mean, would it be in your top five, say? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what top five would be probably like Iron Man 1 Infinity War Endgame Black Panther is then in there don't we know what the next one would be a whole other pod in itself that to be fair would possibly be but but yeah yeah so uh, but yeah in in short it it would be in my top five I'm not sure if it's in mine and that's not to say that I don't like it because I do Um, there's just others that I prefer basically 
but it is still very good. I think the best thing about it is the world that they create in such a short space of time. In comparison to other Marvel films, this being under two hours 20, and then to set out Wakanda in the way they do, yeah, is very impressive. I like the way Martin Freeman's used in this. I like the way that um, Andy Serkis is used in this, because he actually plays a great villain. Um, but Martin Freeman's entire persona that he seems to play throughout kind of every acting job he does is pretty much just set up for a Marvel film, isn't it? It's like serious with a kind of half turn to the camera punchline that he does during the whole uh, thing where he's uh, the pilot shooting the other ships down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty much Marvel humour all in one. And I think they did get the right guy, clearly, in Ryan Coogler because of the way this did turn out. And he's been signed up to do Black Panther 2, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. You, you actually have uh, Infinity War in two weeks. So, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I think Zombieland. Um, I did have another question about this film. Well, I guess I'll ask you the same, ask you the same question, uh, Keenan. Would it be near the top for you, or do you like the film? Oh, I do. Yeah, I really like the yeah. film. Um, I don't know. I, I find it very hard to do give a definitive ranking yeah. of Marvel films. I, they move for me. From, from um, memory, I, I do remember, um, not that I wasn't keen, but you were quite keen to have this in there when we were kind of selecting, not having too many Marvel films, but the ones we were going to choose. Yeah, I do, um, I do really like this. Um, it's one of the more adventure ones, isn't it? Mm, um, yeah, I do really like this. I, I find out, I struggle with, with ranking them, like I say. There's, I like Yeah. I, I, I like most of them. I I, I do really like uh, the, that's, the one. That's that, why I asked more about the ranking because I think most people do like most Marvel films. So asking if you like it isn't quite the badge of honor yeah. that it is for some other film. No, no, absolutely. Um, Thor two, I don't particularly like. That's I think that's one of the lowest ranks. So you're not alone there. Iron Man two, I not don't particularly like. Um, Iron Man 3, I quite like, actually, with Guy Pearce. So this, this is the highest-grossing uh, Marvel film that doesn't contain Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, I can see that. Five of uh, the top six do contain him, so <laughs> yeah. he, is, oh, he is the guy. Well, yeah, of course, but he was always made to be the guy, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. From, from the jump, he was. Yeah, I, I think this is a great film. I thought it was for many reasons, but it was it was different as well at the time. I have to say, I was really late to watching this. Oh, like, this I, has I been out. Cinema. Yeah, no, this has been out probably two, two maybe three I years before you, I watched I think it. I might remember you. If right, remember you watching it actually. Yeah, I don't think it was particularly long ago. I was really late to watching this. There was a couple that I randomly just hadn't seen. And this yeah. was one, this was, this and Captain Marvel. Do you know, I think it was that, Christ me, I've watched this film a lot in the last year or so. Sorry, I can tell you exactly how I watched it for the first time. I watched it on Disney Plus. Yeah, that's my thinking was, I think I was watching Endgame at the same time. Yeah. I, my God, I've watched this film about four or five times in the last year. One of the things that it is praised for is um, the representation of women in this. Mm. Um, by the fact that they aren't in there solely to be a love interest, which we do see more and more. It's weird that it kind of gets praised for what it is in terms of, but in fairness, usually if you get kind of a powerful, heroic woman in a film, then 
it is someone that you're putting forward, say, like a Kate Beckinsale in like Underworld or something like that, where there's something else to it rather than the fact that you just want them to be powerful. Mm. In this, I think the most envious thing I am in the way in, in the entire film is uh, how clean their skinheads are. Like, if I could have skinhead as easy as some of these birds have in this film, <laughs> my life would be a lot easier. You need to find out who's giving them them phases, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also, <laughs> I don't see how, how it makes your life that easier. I don't think really, it didn't really take too much effort for you. What do you mean? I have to get someone to cut my hair. No, so be, he's, think, get, yeah. he's getting that weekly trim still, isn't he? Yeah, if, uh, he's getting that weekly that short, trim. It'd be easier to top up, I think. It'd be because it'd be more like shaving rather than having to get a clipper on my head. But I suppose. away from that... They do come across really well, don't they? Um, yeah. Not great that I've forgotten kind of what the the, the, the group of, that they're called, but even they like they come across into uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like the way they transform across, and they are like, one of the most powerful <laughs> sets of warriors in the galaxy. Their sister, whose name always escapes me. Shuri. Thank you. Um, great character. Yeah, she's right. the new Black Panther. Nice. I like that. Big fan. It does happen in the comics. It's not they've... Uh, there will be some people that will say they've kind of shoe on... It's, 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 a, it's, a, money, it's a money... Yeah, it's a money thing. But no, nice. I, I, I also think the the lady or the, the woman who, who plays, I think she's great as well. Yeah, apparently she drove people mental on the set that she would just uh, go around the set rapping, like freestyling around and... Uh, Chadwick Boseman called her uh, MC uh, Overbite, which I'm sure you could probably get away with when, when you're mates. Not sure mm. it'd be uh, what I'd want to be called. No. Um, fair enough. We'll, we'll get on to uh, the categories. Um, I think it probably is still worth you staying for uh, Walter Mitty Keenan because there are some talking points as to which the kind of universal across um the films unless you do need to go no 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 i just happen so, to have been very busy this week so my apologies yeah, for no, not finding the time but if you're happy for me to stay yeah, and, yeah. Um, and chime in i will do so um the synopsis sean when both he and a colleague are about to lose their job walter takes action by embarking on an adventure more extraordinary than anything he could ever have imagined do you think good or bad critics reviews bad for me for this one Okay, so Stiller delivers an enjoyable take on the modern man's existential crisis, aided greatly by stunning cinematography. The frequent fantasy is almost always indistinguishable from the reality, which makes the fantasy not inspiring enough and the reality far too unperceivable. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty is one charming film to see, and there's nothing wrong with a feel-good movie that makes you just feel good about liking it. It looks as if Stiller had a conversation with Adam Sandler and Mike Myers about how you can inflate your budget using commercial sponsors, thus guaranteeing a huge payday for yourself in the process. There is the uh, Papa John's that they do cram into Iceland in this, I do, I guess. Um, And finally, this grated on my nerves. What everything Stiller attempts here has a real professional polish what Mitty lacks is any sense of what life might actually be like for the kind of ordinary man he, pres- he represents. This is simply a feature-length, just-do-it ad. <laughs> it, it pretty much is just, it's, it's about as 50-50 um, as you could find. I, I did message 
Keenan in the week because we ended last week's podcast by speaking about this, where Jack really did express his disdain for the film. Um, I think he said he turned <laughs> off after an hour. Um, he hated it to the extent that he, he was dreading having to watch it again. And then I wake up, then I wake up to a text on uh, Saturday morning from him saying, just finished watching Walter Bitty. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Shows how much I know. <laughs> so it it really did catch me off guard. I texted him again earlier just to make sure um, kind of he, he was in the right headspace. And he said, no, he generally did love it. Which props to him in that case, because I think if I disliked it that much the first time, I would probably go in with an attitude where it'd be hard to turn me the second time around can be quite honest in saying that so fair play to him for allowing it to change his mind that much not to just he, he, it wasn't as bad as he thought he did literally say he loved it um not much i mean i be, sorry well you can say it over your first so the drunken helicopter pilot jokes that there are like eight people in greenland when he goes to Greenland, he only sees eight different people. Apparently, the uh, kind of people that, that, that lived in the area when they were filming this were just really lovely people. Like they agreed essentially to just stay in their houses and not interrupt the filming, just to make life easier for the crew. Like they weren't paid or anything; they just saw they were filming in the area and just asked if there was anything they could do to help. Like there was loads of unpaid work that they did just in making the set be as kind of beautiful as it could be when they were filming around the area so all the iceland scenes were filmed in uh, uh greenland and just everything about it they, they apparently it was just really lovely people and it just made this so much easier when they were filming it which you don't see very often when you compare to what we were saying about people going nuts when they were just trying to film harry potter in the cathedral so it seems like a nice bunch nice little area um as of 2014, Papa John's has no restaurants in Iceland. A bakery in the <laughs> West Iceland town of uh, Borgans was converted into a Papa John's for the movie. Now, I do have a task here for us, Sean. I've a task? Got, yeah, I've got the other guys that were linked and considered for the role of Walter Mitty. And I thought in uh, out-of-order fashion, we would position here the order as to which we think would be most suitable to play um, Walter Mitty in this film. So if we take Ben Stiller out of it and we just consider him as being King Walter Mitty. The other guys that were linked, uh, Jim Carrey, Owen Wilson, Mike Myers, Will Ferrell and Sasha Baron Cohen. Does anyone stand out for you there as the number one? Wilson for me. My, for this particular character from everything I know about the character i.e. the, the book and so on I would yeah. suggest Owen Wilson I can see both Jim Carrey and Owen Wilson doing it the, the, the reason I like the Owen Wilson idea and he was actually attached to this film in 2005 um, was Ben Stiller was going to direct him and I know they're good friends so that would have been quite cool to see the end result with Ben Stiller directing Owen Wilson in this I was going to say, are they not like best mates in real life? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know uh, Ben Stiller kind of went out to bat for Owen Wilson a lot when people were getting on his back. Um, what? He, took, he took some time out. I was going to say, getting on his back, he 
didn't really he never did anything wrong to anyone else or am I wrong in well, saying that no no uh, I know yeah. obviously he had his he had his personal problems like but this, God so bless him is, hopefully he's alright but this is it so uh, it, it seems very convenient just to say it was a different time back then which probably but, the, the only way to put it because yeah people expected him to still be why happy go lucky basically and, yeah basically why yeah. you're not coming out and entertaining us and speaking to us and letting us know what's going on mm. like yeah. i know uh, i and actually remember suicide yeah i remember like when he when he tried to kill himself i actually remember the like abuse and stuff but i just i couldn't think i was trying to think then as you say it on people on his back I don't. There was he never caused a problem for anyone else. I know he yeah. had personal problems and he sort of had his own mental problems, but it was weird. I mean, it's straight. It was regardless, but it was just weird that people were really on him. And well, now him, you're probably right. It's a different time nowadays. You, you know, you know. Yeah. Both him and um, Vince Vaughn, who I know he coupled together a lot, strike me as the people who were. Uh, the fame is just like an unfortunate kind of side piece to uh the acting job like a, maybe maybe vince i'm sure appreciates it to some extent from what we did in our interview uh with chris williams going into a restaurant mm. and getting but owen wilson i imagine like he'd be perfectly fine not being famous like he just enjoys what he does is how is how i perceive him to be yeah yeah yeah. yeah, I think I think you're right. You see, took the interviews and stuff. He's he's he's, he's quite quiet. He's quite a, he's just quite a calm, relaxed guy, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, so um, the way as to how Walter Mitty, the character, is supposed to be on film, and Ben Stiller does do this, is you essentially need someone that can perceivably be kind of a loner. Like you couldn't cast Zac Efron in this role. Like for everything you know about him and everything going in. He doesn't come across as someone you could perceivably see as kind of being uh, a lone ranger in the same sense that I wouldn't see that you could do Harrison Ford in this role as someone that we've mentioned in most weeks at the moment. Ben Stiller does it where he looks just like a normal enough guy and he's normal enough that he doesn't come across as a weirdo. And that seems an odd way to put it, but if you have, say, Andy Serkis in this role, it, it looks far more along the way of this creepy guy keeping himself to himself and his mannerisms and things and it becomes a completely different film like ben stiller does look about like as much of an average bloke as you can get he looks harmless doesn't he yeah like i can picture seeing ben stiller on my bus to work in Mm. the morning and i I wouldn't look at him and say like you're not looking guy i wouldn't look at him and say he's going to be going mental after he gets he just looks like your everyday guy like yeah there's a bit of like uh bill burr talks about him sort of one of his stand-ups he's talking about like booking booking films and stuff and he says that, like says if you're an actor and you joel you just get into good shape you turn up do your job and he talks about still like randomly just getting properly ripped for that one one scene and meet the parents where he takes his shirt off in the pool um i've done it no justice there but if you listen to the whole thing no, it's very no, funny I, I, I get the point as well like owen wilson is in that bracket Jim Carrey is probably on the edge of that bracket. And that I think he's too... He, I feel bad saying this because I fucking love Jim Carrey, but he falls into the creepier category yeah, for me. Yeah, and mainly because of what we know him to be. Like, You can't even... If you put everything out of your head, you can still see him twisting his face up as Ace Ventura. Like, 
that <laughs> doesn't just that doesn't just escape your mind just because he's playing a different character. No, exactly. Yeah, he, he does. He and I also don't. Could he do this without doing that? I think he could do it. Um, in it would probably be closest to. He'd probably have to be his kind of downside in Bruce Almighty kind of level, mm. where he'd probably have to be a bit more shouty. And I guess he, in the daydream segments of this, he'd probably be able to ham it up to that extent. But yeah, I'm not sure he could do the awk- the awkwardness that Ben Stiller does here that Owen Wilson, I'm sure, could. Of the names we've mentioned. Who do you think is the last person you would put this? So the other ones are Mike Myers, Will Ferrell and Sasha Baron. Will Ferrell does a better job than the other two for me. <laughs> I don't think any of them do as well, but I, Ferrell would be, again, the, yeah, the one I'd pick. I think I he's in a film. Myers and, uh, Myers and Sasha Baron Cohen. No, he, Will Ferrell's in a film called Everything Must Go, where he plays like you sort of down on your, down on your luck type of guy. Um, and he, yeah, he, he can do it. It's not what, really what you want to see him uh, do, but he, I mean, he can do it. I just can't. I can't see Mike Myers. Do, do, just I don't. I don't want to insult him and say he ain't got the range because maybe he has and maybe he's just he, he he knows where his he knows where his bread's buttered and he doesn't have a problem with it. But I just can't see him doing it. Same with Sasha Baron Cohen. Everything you know about him, every film he's in. Or if the yeah. on that note, though, have you seen the? Uh... The TV series, I think it's on Netflix, called Spy. Within it, no. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good, it's a good watch. I definitely recommend it. He like he like plays a, uh, I think it's an Israeli spy. It's uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Sorry, not Mike Myers. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, what that's what I'm talking about. Um, no, that's I, the I only know thing. what you're talking about. It's not called Spy, though. I'm pretty sure. Um, Never heard it of was, it. It was it was the name of a trial, wasn't it, Sean? Oh no, that's a different thing. That's the trial of the Chicago Seven. Chicago right? Seven, yeah. That yeah. is uh, Sasha Baron Cohen in the. Yeah, he is in that. Right. He is. Okay. Yeah, I thought that's what you were referring to. Sorry. No, one about a different thing. But I, I, I did actually quite like that film as well. But, but even in, in that, in the trial of the Chicago Seven, he still plays quite a. He plays like a hippie kind of strange character. But in the, the spy a, one, he's like a serious guy. So um, yeah, it's a movie exec. And you you had the choice between Mike Myers or uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. It would be Sasha Baron Cohen that my money would go into. It was called The Spy, you are right, Sean. He plays a character yeah. called Eli Cohen. That's it, yeah, yeah. Good, I'll give that my uh, Keenan sealed recommendation approval for him to watch. Um, I'll get it watched, Sean. Yeah, yeah it's good, good series. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, I would, I would uh, pick Sasha Baron Cohen over Mike Myers probably. So the order we'd have on the back of this is uh, Owen Wilson, Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell, Sasha Baron Cohen, Mike Myers. Yeah. All right. So when the boat lands in Iceland, two of the crewmen encourage Walter to run to the only bicycle available because a group of horny Chileans want to take the bicycle to a strip club. Iceland's parliament actually banned strip clubs in 2010. The law made strip teasers illegal and banned any club from making a profit based on an employer's nudity. Don't take your uh, stag do to uh, 
Excellent. Rekovic is off the menu then. Yeah. Uh, when Walter arrives in Greenland and asks if there are any cars available, they tell him they have a blue car and a red one. Walter tells the man, I'll take the red one in a reference to the Matrix, where uh, you take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I'll show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Finally, if you can picture that Owen Wilson was the guy attached to this in 2005, the female lead... Who, if you close your eyes quick, first name that comes into your head to appear in this alongside Owen Wilson? Rachel McAdams. <laughs> if I tell you Scarlett yeah. Johansson, that was linked, that was... Oh, I remember that this. from the, from the prime, uh, prime trivia. Yeah. <clears throat> do not see that. You don't, you very often go double blonde in films, do you? You don't really see that. You don't, no. Even no. then, I would need to see it to believe it, but I don't really put Scarlett Johansson opposite Owen Wilson. Would have been a big 2005 for, for my man Wilson, though. It would have wedding, been. Wedding crashes in this. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah Rachel McAdams and Scarlett Johansson is it's not a bad year either. <laughs> um, if we do the uh, scene by scene, Sean, and I've got a couple of talking points to go alongside it. Um, the first conversation he has with uh, with Todd here, I quite like the inclusion of Todd in this film. It helps the way the film moves. He's a good little character to uh, have on the side. Um, if I'm pronouncing his name right, it's um, Patton Oswalt. Is is that the yeah? Movie? I yeah. I really like uh, I really like character. Probably my spoiler there. Probably my side character. He but, he's great. Uh, yeah. And there's some nice probably, uh, there's some nice cameos in this actually. There is. You're right. It's probably good for you, Sean, that um, I forgot to take it down because in in light of kind of the way this film starts, I was going to ask you the 19 most common questions you'll find on a dating profile. Um, so you have escaped that. I was going to fill out your Walter Mitty profile. Um, <laughs> But just the way they open this film where he says to him, what have you done? Where have you been? And he's in that situation where there's nothing he can think of that is that exciting. It, it reminded me of an interview situation where you, you're asked these kind of questions, name a scenario where you've done this. And you're in a situation where you have to try and think of something impressive. And perhaps some of the time you, you just don't have something that, that is that impressive. Not everyone, like he goes on to do in this film, can travel to the Himalayas, can go longboarding around Iceland, can jump out of a uh, helicopter in, into shark-infested waters. Like, well, you have, to, uh, you have to think on your feet and, and make up, well, kind of like Edith, you have to make up a story in your head. At the yeah, time, I'm but, just doing the, the comparisons. I know what this, you mean. Like, it is a very good point, just the way these things start. Like, Not everyone has this in the whole base of the film. Yeah. Is that he feels he does have to... Uh, live up to what goes on in his head. <laughs> Andrew, the, the whole idea around it, I know the one critic's review said that it, it was just a feel-good film. I'd seen it before. I, I genuinely don't know what got into me last night when I rewatched it. I had a tear in my eye at the end of the film for a feel-good <laughs> film. I, ge- I, I, I can't explain it, genuinely. I, well, I, mean, I, didn't know, I, I didn't know what was going on. This film, I... 
this film lost me for a bit, to be honest. Uh, I was well in. The start really hit me in. I was well in. But then when he's actually on the bike uh, in Iceland, that's when I, I, I don't know, I just lost. It lost me. I wasn't as interested anymore. And then it kind of got me back towards the end. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was well into it. Like, the first scene, for me, the first scene he has the conversation with... Um, can't I'm catching him, but Kristen Wiig. No, okay, I'm not. Yeah, the Adam Scott one is, yeah, the Adam Scott one is good as well. But Kristen Wiig one, and then he's, <laughs> and he's in the ice. Um, I really like that scene. Uh, yeah, and then obviously you have that first like dramatic scene when he's on the phone with Todd. But, but yeah, I was really hooked for that first kind of half hour. Um, but then I kind of, uh, then I drifted off. But um, yeah, is it with? So who's it? Who's he with when he talks about the? Um, the ABCs. Um, Conan. Just, um, Conan. Is it Conan O'Brien? The TV host. Uh, that's a, yeah, I just did by the ABCs. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. Um, Adam Scott in this as an asshole boss. Do we think he was cast in this basically on, on the back of Step Brothers? Because yeah, he could be. It, this, this could be the same guy. What's really impressive is. Uh, he's not given a lot of space to kind of nail this is it like the amount of time he has kind of on screen is probably less than 20 minutes combined in the entire two hour long film yet from the first time you look at him you know that he's the asshole boss and he never lets up from that like you don't need any build up he doesn't even really need to say anything for you to dislike him just the smirk he has is enough does he not do a similar thing in Step Brothers though, as well? Because he's only—I mean—screen time in that is yeah, very, that's what very I, minimal. That's what um, I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Yeah, literally, they've seen Step Brothers and like, yeah, that's our guy. <laughs> He's—he uh, plays the asshole in quite a few things, and I don't know. I think he's just, maybe it's just the face. When in Big Little Lies, he—he's meant to be like the nice guy. Like he's—he's he's just a lovely bloke. Oh, I've yeah, never messed seen. around by Reese Witherspoon. I've <laughs> never seen Big Little Lies, mate. Good show, yeah, really good show. Okay, but it, it, I just thought it was impressive the the way he does do it, the way he does uh, manage to do that. Um, because you have that kind of daydream scene, don't you, there, Sean, where uh, he mocks his beard. I think he's uh, he says, uh, "I was saying, you know, who looks good in a beard, Dumbledore, not you." And. <laughs> Everyone, at least at some point, has probably wanted to say something to their boss that they've not been able to do. So it's a completely realistic daydream. Not everyone then spears said boss out of the lift and uh, goes racing around the city on their slabs of concrete after them. I wonder genuinely how many, how many people's daydreams are just pure violence. <laughs> well, we had... Um, at my work, a, a talk with uh, Clark Carlyle. Okay. Uh, and he claimed, he said in there, he was like, now I know every single one of you has thought about poking your boss in the eyes before. I actually haven't with, with, this particular, with this particular boss. He was like, but the difference is very few people will actually do it. It felt like a slight dare at the time, but also... Uh, a cautionary tale. Yeah, if everyone did just exact the, how they feel on their boss. Probably why horrible bosses were so successful. Mm, very possibly. Um, my, my boss occasionally listens to the pod, so. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> do 
do you happen to hear this one, Rich? Sound? <laughs> he, there's a couple of things there, but he, he does the speech at the front, doesn't he, Sean, where he's essentially telling people, like, your jobs aren't guaranteed. You all may be out of a job within a week, basically. Um, he knows nothing about the company. Um, he doesn't know what um, quintessence means, which he has to look to his kind of henchman behind him, who actually looks just as irritating, very weaselly. But from there, we do go into his adventure where he's kind of knows he has to go and find negative 25. Yeah, he's in the bar, karaoke going on. I actually paused this film to listen to uh, Don't You Want Me? Because it really is an anthem. Reminds me of the Mariachi Men. <laughs> yeah. But it's just a great scene. I mean, he nearly does get glassed, which isn't ideal. But you've got um, Kristen Wiig singing Grand Control to Major Tom. It's just, it's just a, it's probably a scene that sums up the the film as well as any. Yeah, 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 I would agree with that. And from there, you, I've kind of skipped out him jumping out of the helicopter, being on the boat. Did did uh, amuse me. The guy on the boat asking if he's American, then calling him home slice, which was good. <laughs> but when he's in Iceland, I thought to, to, to put it best I can, it is just beautiful. Every scene there, when he's longboarding, they have the kind of zoomed out shots of behind you, got the mountains in the background. Those roads, I've not rode a bike in God knows how many years look like they would just be a dream to cycle on because there's not even a single divot in the roads. You don't see a single car on the roads. And it is just a, a cool scene of seeing him uh, whiz around there having the complete freedom. I can picture you in Iceland. Uh, I think I actually referenced going to Iceland uh, today. I think um, get me somewhere nice and cold like that. Yeah, I love you still complain about how it's cold, though. Yeah, but I, I like it, though. Like I don't really complain about being too cold. It's more when it's kind of in between, where it's not cold enough for a big jacket. Yeah. It's still chilly. Yeah. Um, I, I love everything about kind of snowy mountains and how they look, which is the reason I like Everest so much as a film, despite the dark, dark nature of it. But just just the shots in this, I was completely like reeled in. You could have had an extra ten minutes of him just whizzing around, and I did. I wouldn't have minded. I was I was loving it that much. Yeah. So then, well, we're obviously different about this because this was the that's the part. Yeah, of the last yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> well, so he goes back then, and he has the confusion where he thinks Cheryl is back with uh, her husband. Which is a quite fair assumption. I mean, if he's a Rex, I don't know why he's still dishing out honeys. <laughs> yeah. Also, Ben Stiller just leaving his skateboard and just doing a runner. Probably not the best way to handle it either. Were you were you in enough to feel gutted for him then, or not? Or uh, yeah, I was. Point? No, yeah. I, I I was kind of yeah. I did feel bad for when he turned up at that point. Um, yeah, but yeah, like I said, a very very fair assumption. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the next one I had down was him meeting O'Connell in the Himalayas. Uh, yeah, Sean, I've got that. Sean, Sean Penn cameo. It's just great. <laughs> yeah. Give, give yeah. me all the Sean Penn in the world. Put him in any film you want. Um, 
him in this, he almost plays like a cameo of Sean Penn, essentially. But the ghost panther, just everything about it is cool. The the conversation about um, beautiful things don't ask for attention. Uh, he reveals that the photo is in the wallet the entire time. Doesn't tell him what it is. It's it's just a, a nice, well written scene that I really like. Yeah, and then they're sure. playing football at high altitude as well with that little float is cool as well. Yeah, very enjoyable scene. And, and then yeah, meets, one for the one for the Rex Ryan possibly. Yep, and then he meets uh, our man Todd afterwards. Gets him a nice Cinnabon in the airport. Gets him out of airport prison, which uh, Keenan nearly wound up in. If you listened to uh, last week's podcast, and uh, he refers to What's Cinnabon up? as you saying about going through airports last week the confusion around oh yeah, yeah. yeah what's, what's mm. the confusion around airports well you should listen to last week's pod i'm afraid well i'll listen to it if you let me know just uh, this the issues of being like your id not matching with how you look and being stuck in airport security after a long flight and that kind of thing uh, wasn't even that long a flight she was only coming back from spain <laughs> i was just just for the weather you're going to, just for where you're going to, not uh, not where you're at. I've how many times I've made that mistake. Coming back from when I came back from Oz, uh, I turned up in the airport. The guy I turned up in Gatwick, shorts, shorts and a long sleeve, shorts and a top. Okay, it was, it was November, mind. Uh, what that, <laughs> what outside of Gatwick, and I was like, oh my god, this might be the coldest I've ever been. <laughs> fucking freezing, mate. You don't need to be warm on that flight, though, so it seems a good trade-off to make. Yeah, yeah fair. Yeah, you are right, Byron. You don't, you don't want to be absolutely roasting on the plane. Good uh, question for you, Sean, in relation to something me and Keenan discussed uh, two weeks ago on the podcast. Um, he refers to a Cinnabon in this as frosted heroin. If you go into Jane's Pantry, what's your order? Jane's Pantry... I'd probably get my standard one used to be because um, they only had this type. It was shortbread, but with Winnie the Pooh icing on. <laughs> that would be what I usually got. Uh, and then obviously Christmas, they would change it to a Christmas tree. But either like some kind of ice shortbread, uh, or I do like an ice bun as well. Uh, yeah. Bakewell tart. Do you used to get yeah. them? Uh... Footballer shortbreads in James Pantry when you were younger. Yeah, you just yeah. Had a little like uh, like a little icing like shirt on them. You'd pick out if you're the red one yeah. if you're Arsenal yeah. Liverpool. They used to have a black and white ones. My brother ran Newcastle one. Lovely they were. <laughs> Chocolate on the arms and uh, legs. Yeah. Tell you what I've had in a long time. A gingerbread man. Don't like gingerbread. Yeah, very, very, very average. You don't like gingerbread. No, no. very, very average. No, no warm sausage rolls from James Pantry for you, Sean. See, see, I'm not a warm sausage roll. Wow. Guy. I, think wow. I, I think I prefer, you know, the kind of sausage roll you get at a spread and they're cold. I, I'm not really a warm Jesus. sausage roll guy. That's one of the worst things you ever said. James yeah, Pantry, warm sausage roll. Anywhere, Greg's. To be fair, not. I actually think Greg's sausage rolls are overrated, but, um. But like a steak bake or something like that, shoot, wouldn't be on that. Oh, on that. Festive, I, I have a festive bake, you know, when it's Christmas, but okay, oh, I've never right, bought right into this Christmas, gets right into this Christmas like him, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Shortbreads and all. If, um, if you <laughs> do happen to have any uh, contacts that you maybe can meet through uh, work, Sean, then 
we we have been angling towards a James Pantry sponsorship. Yeah, we've so, referenced uh, it for the last three weeks now, and I just need someone someone that works at Jane's. Just get in touch. We're on Twitter. We're on Insta. We're not even asking for much. Just a couple of custard donuts a week, maybe. And uh, yeah, we'll shout. We'll I mean, we'll probably keep the, the rate we eat. We probably will keep shouting you out. But I mean, if you can deliver us something for yeah. it, it'd be ideal. Or any other bakeries, like yeah, it's not exclusive to Jane's Pantry. We, we, we can be bought. Um, <laughs> And like for surprisingly little, that's what people need to realise. It, it's not a big budget you need to get us on side. Well, I wasn't hungry last night, and then I see um, Walter Mitty an Icelandic Papa John's, and I was like, I'd love a Papa John's right now. Their their sides, as I've been saying, <laughs> you've been screaming this for a good couple of years. Are man. truly elite, um, and I think I might have um, some before the football on Saturday, maybe. Um, you get these cheesy, you get these cheesy tater tots with uh, six cheeses. Uh, six cheeses. That's yeah, fucking I mean, disgraceful. But six cheeses. It was all melted, like melty cheese as well. Like you, you pull it apart. Their garlic dip, as I've been saying, is the most phenomenal garlic dip you'll find anywhere on the pizza market. You know how um, I feel about garlic dip, Byron. Yeah. So this Papa John's one is unbelievable. And this garlic and herb nonsense. You take your herbs elsewhere. Just pure garlic, special garlic. Just pure, just pure garlic, unbelievable. The, the more garlicky, the better. And then other sides, you've got these uh, gar- uh, garlic, cheese and bacon uh, uh, breadsticks um, that are soft as well. Not um, not like you know, you, once you get in Pizza Hut, they're soft. Tear them apart. In fact, I actually um, double-decker them like a sandwich and uh, dip them into the garlic dip, which is lovely. Make sure the bacon doesn't fall off then. And then... Alongside that, medium pizza, half ham and pineapple, half double pepperoni. You're looking at about £13 for this. I have to admit, your pizza order is absolutely criminal. I Why? What's wrong with that? Half, after you've already had two sides, the pineapple's refreshing. It's not even the pineapple I take issue with, it's just that that's your choice. Well, I used to, I used to get a... Uh, Pepperoni and Italian sausage from there, but um, it was a bit—it was a bit overpowering after already having two sides. So uh, my own gluttony defeats me there. So I, I take the more palatable pizza. Okay, fair enough. Uh, there's a lot of game planning that's gone into this order. I've uh, mastered it over the years. You do though. If you order for yeah, but you you the bit the big man of the world will know this. As you <laughs> order as you order from a place more than once, you do you you refine it to the point where it's an art. So Ooh, I'm going for... and, and, and art. Shoot, yeah. there's, an, there's an art to it. I had a burger from uh, Pan Pizza um, after the football on uh, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. First time ordering from there while sober. Unbelievable. The bits. melt on the cheese. Yeah, bits. Sensational. And then I also had a, a deep pan Ham pizza and from pineapple, there. though. Ham and pineapple is a choice, though. Deep, deep pan pizza from there. The melt on the cheese, when you can like stretch it like two metres... You know you've got a good pizza going on there. I've told you, I've sent you the pan pizza order before. I've told you the place, quality. Yeah, the the blistering of the cheese (laughs) on top as well. Mm. Blistering? Yeah, Joel, you you get like the brown bits. Kind of like brownie bits at the top Uh, of the pizza. Yeah, yeah. Almost like... You've got a good pizza there. Looks a bit like a creme brulee almost. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) unbelievable. I can't hear though. Regretted it Wednesday morning. Yeah. 
Yeah, you were in a bad way Wednesday morning. I was. I was in a bad way. Um, <laughs> I can't hear Pan Pizza now without uh, that Pierce and Southgate Pizza advert. All I hear is Pan Pizza in uh, Stuart Pierce's accent. Well, if uh, you're tempted on Saturday, you know uh, what to get from Papa John's now. You do, you do. Uh, the last scene I had down really was him confronting Hendricks uh, in the office. Um, he says, he basically tells him, you've you got to do what you got to do, but there's no need to be such a dick about it. And that's just like the perfect rounding out of Walter Mitty and how far he's come the whole way. Goes out, sees the magazine, takes Cheryl by the hand. Perfect happy ending. As I've told you, seeing the magazine did bring a, a solitary tear to my eye. So, uh, I must have been having an emotional evening. <laughs> the the talking points I had then, um, we've spoken about range on here before. Um, Jack saying that Tom Hardy had range is still one of the most egregious things I've seen when he said more range than any other actor, when he basically plays the same bloke in almost everything. Ben Stiller, when you can go from Zoolander to Walter Mitty, you just don't make actors like this anymore. You don't. Hang on a minute, his IMDb's got Dodgeball 2 announced. What? What year? Not confirmed. I have to get back onto our boy Chris Williams, uh, Keenan. Sorry, I got lost as soon as you said the words Dodgeball 2, I got lost Googling it. Um, we might have to reach back out, just see yeah. if, maybe not for an interview, just see if he'll, he'll give us a little snippet. Yeah. He Great did, guy. He did tell us that um, the script was like ready and done, but they pumped the money into Zoolander 2 instead, which is unforgivable, really. But he did also say Ben Stiller was a great bloke, which was good to hear. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd like a... So it says IMDb uh, set to... Uh... So I'm not sure about this. It says uh, set to reprise all of the original character roles and it's set 20 years after the original. And then on July the 3rd... Oh, it's 2018. It's a long time ago. Yeah, just as announced, which you take with a pinch of salt, but we'll, we'll, mm. we'll take the good news over anything bad. Correct. Um, Tower Heist, underrated film, Ben Stiller. Um, Eddie Murphy. You, you'll agree, Sean. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, do like that film. film. Um, the, uh, I think it was the last film I watched uh, in Australia before I left. Hmm. Um, what good would you film. say, Sean, if anyone said that Little Fockers was the best of the... Uh, <laughs> Meet the parents collection. <laughs> Absolutely not. That is solely because it's got Jessica Alba in it. Uh, maybe, but um, I was just saying, what would he say if anyone did say that? No. Didn't confirm it to be my, my thoughts. They were talking talking crazy. I mean, look, we know our thoughts. Meet the parents should have been on, should have been on the bracket. <laughs> As we've said previously, if you didn't actually ditch us for um, <laughs> a quiz at the time, and, uh, that does show yeah. how long we've been doing this pod for, though, doesn't it? I know. Um, quizzes are at their peak. You uh, also had a wild card choice in that pod. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if it could have been in there that much, you had the opportunity to bring it to the table, chose to that bomb it true. off, it's and then have spent... 21 not... and over. 21 and over, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and then he spent close to a year bitching about Meet, meet the Parents, or Meet the Fuck <laughs> as well. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, Sean, if you really wanted to protest, you could have done a Keenan and uh, not turn up for your wildcard week. My wildcard yeah. still won. Well, you still didn't turn up for it. I I let the film speak for itself. I don't need to convince you of anything. 
<laughs> I think race week spoke for you that week. Was that race week? Was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> no, no good, mate. No good, mate. You know, you know full well you're never going to get me to do anything that week of the year. But no, you text me. I think four p.m. the day before, saying it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the hangovers these days, mate. They're not. They're just they're they're becoming less and less worth it. To the point that I've tried to. If England play their semi final on a Wednesday night, I've booked the next day off. I yeah. wanted. I I booked it this morning with my boss, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll get back to you." I wanted him to say no. <laughs> it sounds stupid, but he said, "Yeah, if you don't want to, if you don't want to go out and get pissed, don't." I was like, "Yeah, that's not how that works." If you tell me I can have the day off in England to play, and I will go out and utilize it to the to the full extent. But if you tell me I can't, I'll be sensible. Yeah. Basically, I've just got absolutely zero self control. Well, maybe uh, if you get flagged up by the COVID app again. Why would you say? Why would you say such a thing? So I could keep you in as well. That's a disgraceful uh, sentiment from you. <laughs> Chuck you thunder ch- as well. This man really doesn't range. Hope you choke on your Papa John Saturday. Well, <laughs> I remember Sean's again as well. No, hopefully shoots <laughs> shoots is thoroughly enjoyable. Well, no, I'd expect him to help me the way I helped him when when he tried dying on me at my ass. Spewed on my arm. <laughs> Nice. Give him for that. Um, <laughs> you pay me back with a purple arm. Don't forget that. If, if you're refusing to stay in the recovery position, what can I do? <laughs> uh, the only other two things I'd down for this film before we get into the categories. Um, I particularly love the shot of him jogging past the magazine covers. I thought that was really cool at the time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, can I ask you, Sean, in that kid's situation... You've got the longboard. A guy out of nowhere offers you a trade for a stretch Armstrong. Do you take it? What? Swap a longboard for a stretch Armstrong? That's what happens in the film, isn't it? He trades the board for the stretch Armstrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, No, I think I'll keep the board. Ben Stiller. Sorry, I'm still reading Ben Stiller's filmography. He's produced some some decent films as well, you know. The stuff he's not even in. Produced one one you like, Byron. Why, Why him? Yep. Um, the Big Year, which I used to like when I was a kid, uh, with Steve Martin and Jack Black. Oh, Wilson's in it, actually. 30 Minutes or Less. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, sorry. I was just still looking at this. He's got... Wait, he's done a lot. I also um, thought it was worth mentioning here, Sean. Um, Kristen Wiig does a lot with a little in this film. Uh, she's not given much room, yeah, but yeah. you do truly believe like that she is the character she's supposed to be portraying in this. She has the heat check, considering she her. Charm- she charms you. Yeah. yeah, she does. Very charming. Cheryl Melhoff, even with a name like that. Uh, yeah, surname is awful. Let's get into the uh, judging. So. Quite a shorter episode, well, significantly shorter episode this week. Um, as always, we'll do uh, the, the quotes uh, as one. Um, which did you prefer, Sean? Black Panther for me, uh, as a touchdown. I thought it was going to be very close the first half hour, but tailed off for, uh, for Walter Mitty, so Black Panther. Yeah, I actually, I actually did prefer Walter Mitty, and I, I thought it was going to be one-sided going in. Like I knew my thoughts on Walter Mitty, but Walter knew my thoughts on Black Panther, and it really did charm me, even maybe even more the second time around. Uh, but it didn't catch me by surprise. Um, 
rewatchability. Before you give me your answer, Sean, does Walter Mitty have any rewatchability for you, or is that out of the question? I think it probably is out of the question. There's a little bit of scope there because I am conscious of what Harper said that potentially, if I watch it again, would that would that be Second better? Second time's so, charm. Yeah, possibly. So, I mean, maybe I will watch it. I feel like it's something that I only watch again if I was watching with someone else though, and they suggested it, and I'd be like, "Yeah, go on." But I wouldn't. He said the soundtrack was what won him over. Really? He said that. Well, that's what kind of put it all together for him. Interesting. Um, so yeah, so I, I would Black Panther would be my answer to this question, but I possibly might watch it again at some point. Yeah, I think. I am narrowly going to go Walter Mitty on this for me. And it's just quite simply, as we've said before, if I had to put another one on now, I think it would be Walter Mitty. I think it's an easier watch, uh, not that Black Panther is a particularly difficult watch. Um, I think Black Panther has the more rewatchable scene, but in terms of the collective um, runtime taken into account as well, um, that would be my that would be my one, I think. Um, but best moment slash scene for you, Sean, which would it be? Um, tough one for me. I think I'm going for the first ceremony uh, battle scene. First uh, one in Bat Panther. Yeah, the first one. Mine's the mine's the second one. Uh, is this your king? That that can't be top for me. Yeah, I mean. Um, We'll go on to quotes, obviously, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, best quote next. If we go through some of the quotes, uh, first of all, and if we start with um, Black Panther, um, essentially, my notes consist of Killmonger from start to finish, pretty much. Um, I've waited my whole life for this, the world's gonna start over, I'm burn it all. What did you think? Do you like Stan Lee's little pop up? Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna take these chips, set them over here. I didn't even clock that that was Stanley. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is a that is a that is a great thing. That is a great quote. Um, I've got we've already referenced it, but you've got all security looking at me, but you didn't check to see what you put in your body. Yeah. Um, I'm a I like I'm a track down anyone who would even think of being loyal to you. I'll put their ass in the dirt right next to Zuri. <laughs> Forrest Wick just getting iced early doors. Yeah, when he was iced, that was horrible. Did have Le- something to be fair. Legend. Yeah, did step up thinking, uh, take me instead. And he was like, oh, okay, fair, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I'll, take both, no. I'll take both of you. There's no there's no honourable sacrifice yeah. there. <laughs> that was such a waste of a life, wasn't it, really? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's been coming. Like In films, I feel like every now and then someone does have to take the brunt of that if you're going to put yourself out there. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, if you like, if you want to volunteer, don't be surprised when it comes on top. No, either um, be all for it or just keep quiet and sit in the back. He says you're sitting up here getting comfortable. Um, how do you think your ancestors got these? You think they paid a fair price, or did they take it like they took everything? Any more from you, Sean? Um, no, no. I was just trying to think. In, again, I haven't got like a specific quote, but do like Martin Freeman in this film. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like his appearance and I think things he, he like contributes and brings to I do really like, but I don't have like one specific uh, yeah. quote from him. Um, or, uh, 
And and I quite like that when he's in the casino and he's like, we've got the king of Wakanda here. And he's on the phone to his CIA people. Um, yeah. A couple from uh, Walter Mitty. Um, I, I referenced Sean O'Connell. Beautiful things don't ask for attention. Um, when he's asked about taking a picture of the ghost panther, he says, sometimes I don't. If I like a moment for me personally, I don't want to type of distraction of the camera. I just want to stay in it. Someone's definitely going to capture that over like, people with their phones out of the England game or a gig. Sick people just not living in the moment these days. Um, I said about Walter saying, uh, I know you have a job to do, but you don't have to be such a dick. Uh, put that on a plaque and hang it at your next job. The Gandalf quote. Yeah. I know it's technically imagined, but. So you just yeah. to finish your beer and then fly a machine? Because yeah, I'm kind of nervous about the storm. Imagine that as a defence for all the Clives out there. <laughs> So you're nervous. And then how does that Cinnabon taste? That's frosted heroin you're eating, my friend. Of all the quotes then, Sean, which is your number one? I can see... <laughs> that's a line I can see you using after you've rotted and you just turn away and say, how does that Cinnabon taste? Oh, that's not so I would say. As you know from <laughs> our last meetings, it's been you and TK stinking the gaff me out. That's not been me. Perhaps collaboratively on some occasions. That Morrison's one from you, honestly. Honestly, that would be. Um, uh, yeah, it, w- it would be. Is this your king in uh, in Black Panther? Yeah, the only real option for me. Um, MVP is Mr. Mitty, isn't it? MVP, sorry, MVP. Did you say? Yeah. Um, I think. Well, he's got he's got no judging superpowers. Judging by my yeah, judging by my. Uh, my my judging criteria, which you obviously don't like, uh, you probably would have to give it to, to Big Me. You're right, he doesn't have any superpowers. Best side. But then character. again, but then again, the company does the company does kind of go under. So but yeah, we'll we'll give it to me. Uh, side character for for me, Todd, Shuri. Tough one. Probably Shuri. Um, Part does want to give it to Todd, but it will be Jerry overall. I really, there's, there's quite a few in, in Black Panther. So, say a reference of Martin Freeman, You've got Forrest Whisper as well before he gets iced. Back you, yeah. Um, give it a few, but I think Jerry is probably the best one. I, I do love Daniel Kaluuya. It's a shame that he has to be the um, Kaluuya, yeah. Judas in this. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with, the, with your pick. Uh, difficulty of adventure. Oh. I think if it was for because well, Black Panther does lose his powers twice so I think if he has his powers the whole way I'd probably tempt to give it to Water Me but he's still got to do quite a lot on his own so yeah I'll give it to uh, give it to Black Panther yeah I agree he does uh, <laughs> overcome some quite significant uh, boundaries um Visual appeal. Black Panther. I quite strongly disagree on this one. Uh, I love almost every shot in uh, Walter Missy. Mountains, in the skateboarding around Iceland, up in the helicopter or on the boat. Um, and even just some of the shots uh, with him daydreaming. So uh, that's my pick there. Um, best soundtrack. Uh, what a me. I agree. 
Uh, not a good look for Kendrick, that having uh, no, not. on the soundtrack himself for Black Panther. Um, originality. Uh, Black Panther. I think it's Walter Mitty. I know both one's based on a comic, one's based on um, a previous film and book. But in terms of films I've seen that are more like the other, Walter Mitty stands out. Yeah, I can me. see why, why you've gone that way. Um, in terms of the, the daydreams I feel like I should dislike that if I was to imagine it being done elsewhere so I'm surprised I do quite like it in this uh, bigger impact uh, quite one sided that one Yeah. in Black Panther's favour um, best opening scene so you've got Walter looking at Cheryl's dating profile um, and his first conversation with Todd on the phone, um, and you've got uh, the kind of the birth of the Black Panther um, and the background of Wakanda as uh, the Black Panther option. Yeah, well, you phrased it like that. Well, they're quite literally the two opening scenes. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I know, because I know we touched on a bit earlier about the opening scene being in when they're in LA in, in 92 or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, on that basis, I'll probably give it to what of me, I think. Uh, best ending? Um, ending, I think, probably because, I mean, again, I don't know if I'm saying this because I watched what of me the most recently. So my main think... issue with Black Panther is probably the ending. If I had an issue with it. What's the actual last scene? So, the, the ending of uh, Black Panther is... Uh, they, they quite visually bring down the spaceship in the uh, old neighbourhood. Um, the kids all flock around uh, when they're playing yes, basketball. It, they yeah. say, is that a Bugatti spaceship? And then he says that he's, uh, op- he's bought the buildings and he's opening up like a science centre and Yuri goes over there. And then uh, the kid says, what's, what's your name? And then he kind of smiles at the camera. Why, why do you not like that ending? It seems a bit like, and I know the whole... It's they're allowing themselves to be more open as they've taken that on board. It just seemed a bit cheesy compared to how everything was before. Like, yeah, the the spaceship just coming down was the thing that was was just weird for me. Like the the kids, they act like they've never seen it before, but at the same time, they aren't really that shocked by it when it lands. They run up. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is, it's just it a, weird a weird way of doing like it. Like you could easily just have like uh, Shuri and uh, T'Challa there and they could kind of have the opening of these centres. He could be pointed out and say, you're going to kind of take this. They could kind of help out one of the kids that's having an issue or just anything like that. It just seems a weird way of doing it because you don't really yeah. have it like that. The whole thing with Iron Man is that he's kind of in your face. The rest of them are quite private or they're just kind of doing their job this is just a kind of old way to do it parking a spaceship on a basketball court yeah yeah i agree we give it to what me uh, and then finally uh best chemistry is the final one uh chemistry is black panther for me um quite a few options i, I quite like the chemistry between um Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman. I also like Jury and Martin Freeman's character. Um, yeah, so I would go for Black Panther. Yeah. 
I think um, at, at the peak and the highest kind of amount of chemistry, I do think I find um, like Ben Stiller and Kristen Wiig entirely believable in the characters they do have. But at the same time, I think uh, there's more kind of different paths of chemistry. Like I buy it in the, uh, I do completely believe their brother and sister in terms of the film. Yeah, uh, yeah. even like with uh, Chadwick Boseman and then being the kind of foil to each other in that sense uh, the mum being in there uh, Martin Freeman as you said yeah it all just ties together quite nicely so that would be my pick also just uh, total it up so it's 6-4 to Black Panther so that goes through to the next round to face okay so that goes through on its own and will face the winner of Dark Knight Rises against Master and Commander, which is next week's matchup. Jeez, that's a big matchup. I've never seen uh, Master and Commander. And I would say out now, uh, you probably want to get those in early by the fact that you have the two European semi-finals on Tuesday and Wednesday next week. So uh, I would recommend <laughs> a Sunday-Monday job uh, to you all. Yeah. yeah. But there we go. The ties us up are we doing the points to consider or do you have to bounce yeah probably bounce I don't think I've got too much for it anyway are you sticking around Keenan yes sir alright adios then Sean alright I'll see you boys in a bit see you next see week shoot. set up pleasure Keenan pleasure as always obviously there's some questions you won't be able to answer Keenan but no, real, yeah real star of the film does Michael B. Jordan do enough? Yes. So he's the star of Black Panther for you? Undoubtedly. I think, this is, I think he's, this is the best I've ever seen him in anything. Sure. Have you got an alternate? Um, I don't, to be honest, because some of the ones that people would probably counteract with I've not seen um, is the early ones with Ryan Coogler. Uh, so I'll go through, I'll, be, I'll just give you a quick one through the filmography. Red the Tails. one where he's shot by um, a policeman, isn't there? Oh, I've not seen that. Red, Red Tails, I've seen. That awkward moment. Fantastic for Creed, Black Panther. Yeah, I, I genuinely I think this is the best thing I've ever seen him in. Um, so, um, unbelievable. Did you know he randomly was in a in an episode of The Sopranos? Um, I don't think I did, no. I've seen him in uh, The Wire, in uh, which I've seen some of. Yeah, he's in the YA. He plays, plays Wallace. The film. Uh, Fruitvale Station is the one I was referring to. Um, maybe he's not killed by a policeman. He's, he's killed by someone. It's basically his last 24 hours, and you know he's going to die at the end of it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's meant to be his best kind of performance ever. Yeah, he was shot by police. Um, Walter Mitty is, is Ben Stiller. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. Recasting one role. Uh, probably would be Andy Circus for me. Really? Well, that's just picking someone for the sake of it. But okay, is uh, that you don't like? Is that because you don't the... don't like his South African accent? No, just basically, just I think I could pick a better villain than I could pick anyone to replace one of the Wakandans. Okay, fair enough. But I don't even have anyone to kind of stand out in mind. Um, no. Gerard Butler was in my head, but I think it's just because we mentioned Laura Bowden Citizen earlier. 
Did you know, uh, did not know Andy Serkis was directing a new Venom film? Nor did I, but I don't have too much attention paid to the Venom film. I think if we spoke before, I will watch it, but it doesn't do too much for me. Mm. I still haven't seen the first one, to be honest. If the I, uh... cast... Oh, sorry. No, no, go, 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 go. If the cast swapped, which film works best? Um, I assume the answer has to be Black Panther into Walter Missy as opposed to vice versa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wouldn't really work, that one. Um, no. If you had to add Hayden Christensen to one and Christian Slater to the other, which would it be? Give me a Christian Slater just chilling in Wakanda. <laughs> I think whichever one you do of them, you're probably... Do Christian Slater is probably the asshole boss. Um, Hayden Christensen and Walter Mitty would probably be uh, the guy who works with um, in the printing department. Mm, fair. Probably go Slater in Walter Mitty, and I'd have Hayden Christensen probably just as uh, one of Andy Circus's uh, little henchmen. Yeah, exactly. Fair. Harsh on Hayden there. If you had to add Harrison Ford to one and Paul Rudd to the other, we have seen Paul Rudd with Black Panther, so we know that one checks out. Um, yeah. Harrison Ford uh, maybe somewhere in <laughs> with uh, Mr. May. No, as you say, not, not replace him with Sean, uh, Sean Penn with him. Oh, yeah, it's a good chat. Yeah, it's a good chat, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, works nicely. Which low-key piece of memorabilia would you take from the movie? Um, can I have the Black Panther trainers? I'd probably, I'd probably have his mask, his outfit. I just wore any house in it. Uh, not quite low key. <laughs> well, essentially, we're not picking his. Uh, I suppose it's better than the spaceship, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Walter Mitty, I, he wears this jump. He wears this jumper. He gets given this little maroon woolly jumper when he's on uh, a boat that I quite like. But other than that, I quite like his briefcase. He has. Uh, I think I'd look quite uh, elite walking around with a nice silver briefcase. Uh, uh, Neither option. Fair enough. And then, if you had to make a spin-off TV series in the world of one of the films, which would it be? Uh, Black Panther, I think, is the obvious one. There. Yes, sir. If you know every TV episode is him daydreaming, it doesn't quite have the same effect. No. Although he's doing less daydreaming than would have you believe as you go through where the film if you watch it but that ties us up for this week so uh as i said dark knight rises against mastering commander next week and uh we'll see how things go before then so thanks again for listening to another episode we'll be back goodbye